Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12. I love that it's 12, 12, because 12 in the Bible represents the number of government, the number when Jesus is setting up something new. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, it's time to set up something new. It says this in chapter 12, verse 12. It says, the body is a unit. Somebody say G unit. Come on, this is the G unit he's talking about here. Uh, the body is a unit, and through it is, though it is made up of many parts, and though its parts are many, they form how many? You see that? How many? One body. So it is with Christ. Huh. For we are all baptized by one spirit into how many? Touch your neighbor and say, you that body. <laughs> into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether Los Angeles people or Orange County or the Valley or Culver City or Hawthorne High School or, or young or young at heart or hairpiece or mohawk, whatever you are. You are a part of it. And we are all given into one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Touch your neighbor and say, you can't do this thing alone. <laughs> many people think they could do Jesus alone. Hmm. Uh, not, not according to this, because it's not made up of one. This is not about just one. This is about many. How many? Huh? As many as will fit into this body. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to this body. Now how foolish would this be? Uh, I do not belong to this body. It would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, it would look like the character on Monsters, Inc. No, that's my added. Where... Would its sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would its sense of smell be? But in fact, God, uh, can you say that with me? One, one two, three. God, who was that? The mad scientist, the pastor, the flyer, the invite to fearless. How are you here? Why are you here? And, how did you end up here? Did, does, was it by accident that you're here? Or did God arrange something for you to be a part of something? Touch your neighbor and say, you're not here by accident. Huh. You've been duped. You, did, you thought you got here. You thought you made it here. You thought you actually drove here tonight. You thought you got the Facebook invite, but I want to tell you that God is ahead of you. God prearranged and predestined that you would be a part of this body. And he did this for a reason. He says that God, in fact, arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker and indispensable 
and those parts that we think are less honorable, we actually treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. Huh. This is very backwards from the church at large. The special parts need special treatment. While the important parts need no special treatment. Oh, man, I love this. But God has combined the members of the body and given great honor to the parts that lacked it so there, that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers huh, with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. Just in case you're confused and you think I was talking about someone else and just the disciples, touch your neighbor and say, you're a part of this. Then he says, each one of you is a part of it. Can I talk to you just for a few moments on this thought, the body? Now, God calls us several things in the scripture, and really we're laying this out because I want to give you a biblical foundation of what the church is. I know you think, and I think, that we understand the church. Most of us, if we were to talk about the church, we could talk about some good things, but most of us would talk about the negative things we've experienced from church. You understand what I'm saying. Uh, uh, the hurt and the wounds and, and the hypocrites and, and, and the holier-than-thous and, and the judgment. And, and many of you have ended up here in my cave because you ran from somewhere else to here, and we all just trying to work this thing out with fear and trembling. Some more than fear and some more than trembling, but we're going to fight the good fight of faith together and build up the body through love. Amen? Now watch this. How many of you guys have gone to another church before this some point in your life at least one time? Raise your hand. Okay. Now here are all the dangerous people because they didn't just show up here or you and I didn't just come here. We came here with all our baggage, all our drama, all our wounds. We are transplants, maybe from a body that died and God sacrificed out the heart that was left and has transplanted it in a new body. Now we're trying to figure out if we accept each other. If we will let this person acclimate into my life. I'm, t I'm trying to, and most people, they come to church and they say things like, I'm figuring out if this has the programs and different things. But what they're really saying is I, I, got, I got surgically removed, <laughs> maybe by the hand of God, maybe by my own hand. And now I'm here and I'm wondering, do I have a place in this body to function in the way that God designed me? They, you know, they, there's, there's stories of the lost son, the lost son sheep but there also was the lost coin you notice the coin was not lost outside of the house it was lost in the house <laughs> it was just under the bed not far but not close not totally in the master's hand but not far from his reach. Have you ever been in a house and you didn't feel like you were in the house you were there but you were lost have you ever been in church feeling lost Today, we're just here as the body trying to work this thing out, man. So I thought I would just lay out a foundation for millennials and, and young adults and young at heart in this room because we got to bring we got to bring the church back and we got to bring sexy back. You know what I'm saying? Because the body of Christ should look good. The body of Christ, touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, nice body. 
Turn to the other neighbor and say, I'll work out. The only way we're going to grow is if we begin to heal and we begin to work out. The only way that this body is going to be healthy enough to accept new parts. One of our, our young men, he, he's two years old, he has cancer. And they're waiting to give him an operation that will hopefully save his life. But before they give him the operation, they have to get his body to a healthy place. Because it is so traumatic bringing new parts into the body. That your body, not in a healthy place, will actually fight itself. And if it is weak, the new parts will destroy the weakness that's there. Here's what God wants to do. He wants this body to get healthy before he explodes it as a movement in L.A. We want to save L.A., but can I tell you this? It doesn't start with outreach. It starts with inreach. It starts with a whole group of people saying, look, we got to get healthy, baby. You got to get healthy. I got to get healthy. We got to work this thing out together because we came from some drama from your mama. You understand what I'm saying? We came from some pain and some hurt and some wounds. But I need to start out this way. I'm not your last pastor. I'm not your last leader. I may sound like him, I may preach like him, I may lead like him, but please do not associate the people in this room just because the cover looks the same does not mean the material is the same content. Why do I say that? Not to be mad, not to be frustrated, but because I don't want you to judge something prematurely that could be the greatest movement and movement in your life. Maybe you need some people to call you forth into a new destiny. Maybe God's calling a new function out of your life. You see, there is not one thing that God put in the body that was not designed to function. Touch your neighbor and say, it's time to function. Come on, say function. <laughs> It's time to function. What is your function? Every part in the body has a function. Uh, we, we may not need certain parts as much, but we're healthier with them functioning. The only reason why you take a part out is because it stopped functioning. And sometimes there are certain things that we cannot live without. There are other things like you can live with one lung. Did you know that? You probably can't do CrossFit, but you can live with one lung. You're like, Rich, only got one lung, dude. Chill out, man. <laughs> Don't take me to the depths of hell. Just take me to the first floor, right? I mean, if you only got one lung, hey, we love you, one lung people. Don't hate on me. Don't write me a letter. I'm not hating on you. But I'm saying if you only got one lung, you're probably not going to be a pro athlete. We can live without certain parts, but we won't be healthy without it. So, so here's the deal. When someone wants you here, it's not just because we just love you so much. It's because we also have learned to love who God made us to be. And when we love us, we actually start caring about others because our function is, our function is attached to each other. There is supposed to be functioning, not just on your own. No part in the body exists for itself alone. Every part exists to bless another part, to be blessed and to be a blessing. This is our call in the body. Every time I function, I bless you. Every time I get into my groove of who God's called me to be. Look, here's the problem, though, in the church. All the eyes want to be noses. And all the noses want to be hands. 
And then the crazy part is we always ask another part in the body why we're here. Hey, foot, why do you think I'm supposed to be a hand? You tell me about that? What if the foot gets it wrong? It was God who arranged the parts in the body. If you want to know your function, you start asking the creator of the body. You know that everything God made, he spoke into existence. Boom, words have power. Do you understand how powerful these words are right now? These are, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Do you understand that? Do you understand that words have power? Especially when God's word gets in your mouth, it has power. God spoke and everything came to be. Crazy. Planets, solar systems, life, jungles, tropical jungles. Aruba, Jamaica, Colombia. Africa, America, God spoke, and it came to be. The depths of the ocean we have not yet to explore. The heights of the universe that we still can't find out where it ends. God spoke, and boom! He didn't rest on the seventh day because he was tired. He rested because he was finished. <laughs> God got tired. Yeah, right. You should see him in CrossFit. He is CrossFit. You get it? You know, that was a joke. <laughs> that was stupid. That was, that was, put that in your next act. They will laugh you off the stage. I'm telling you. Everything he made, he spoke into existence. But when he made you and I, when he made man, he, he formed man with his hands. How unique is that? Planets, solar system. And then all of a sudden, nowhere, he's like, nah, I'm not going to do it the same way. I want this one to be a personal impact. Yep, looks good. And then he didn't leave it there. He breathed his life. <sighs> Breathe into man. You see, this is what the body is in the New Testament. What's Acts chapter 2? We get all caught up on, you're Pentecostal, you're Methodist, you're Lutheran, you're... No, no, Pentecostal, the Acts chapter 2 was God forming the church. The body called the church. Everything else was the word, but all of a sudden the word made manifest and showed up in flesh. And then he said, we're going to do something different. I'll be the head and you be the body. He started forming the body again. He picked messed up Peter. He picked, he picked teenager Mary. He, he picked broken disciple over here. He picked crazy, crazy John the Baptist wearing his camel hair out. In the, man, that was the original Mugatu. You know what I'm saying? That was the original fashionista. He, he picked the crazy people and he put them, he started forming. and There was no life in them. They were timid. They were afraid. They were scared for their life. And then the Acts chapter 2 happened, and he breathed his breath into the body so that it could function. But here we are as the body still trying to learn how to function. That's the power of the upper room, was that we would walk in functioning. I said this first service. What happens what happens when you go to a Coke machine? You ever been to a Coke machine? Or, or let's talk to the dads in this room. You've ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> That's gangster there. You go to Chuck E. Cheese, you might get a disease from the pizza, but you're going <laughs> to try. If you haven't been lately, man, it's dirty there. You, you're just praying. And then they got those prizes. You think you're going to win the squirt gun. No, no, you're going to get an eraser. 
You get an eraser for $1,000. It's, it's going to happen. Unless a machine breaks and you kick it and more come out. And don't tell me you've been doing that right. You, you know, you, are you like me? You pull? You hope that the Lord's going to bless you today? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Your daughter thinks you're a hero when you're like, watch this, honey. I got a trick I learned when I was a kid. But what happens when the machine, you put your quarter in, and then nothing happens? Still on that same screen. I don't know about you, but I go to the manager. I, I spent a quarter on that machine. I, I was hoping to win 100 tickets. I got, I got one quarter left. I need you to do, what are you going to do for me, sir? Extra pizza? You're going to give me a free game? And then the server will go, oh, I'm sorry. We forgot to put a sign on that game. Uh, it's broken. I, th I think it's broken. and We'll have to call someone else to fix it. But until, until we fix it, what do they do? They, they get a little sign. And they put the sign on the front, and it says what? Out of order. I believe the church in the last days is out of order. Because we've been broken for so long, we've labeled ourselves. We're out of order. We don't like authority. We don't like unity. We got our own vision. We think the pastor just wants our money. Just wants to rob all our time. Just wants to hurt our family. We're out of order. Why? Because we're broken. You know how you came to me? Broken. The box is missing. The instructions are ripped. I don't even know what box used, used to be in. You're just like some extra parts of Indians and little, little cowboys. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what game this is. But you know what God can do? He can do amazing things with broken things. In fact, God is drawn to brokenness. Ah, hmm. it's a broken cloud that brings rain. It's a broken back that healed my pain. It was ripped through hands, the hands that held the universe. It's because of those hands, those scars, and those wounds that my wounds are healed. God is drawn to empty things. He told the prophet, go find as many empty jars as you can, and as long as you bring me emptiness, I'll fill it. God saw an empty universe, and he spoke life into it. He saw an empty dirt, and he created a man. He saw an empty man, and he created his breath in him. God is looking for broken things. See, God does his best work when man is broken to a good place. You see, he's allowed you to be broken so you can be here for such a time as this. You see, I was broken. I'm just a misfit looking for some other misfits. They said, you know what? Let's give this a second shot. Let's see what Jesus can do with our lives. Let's see what he can do if we actually believe in each other again. What can he do if we become the body of Christ? If we actually catch that we need each other. Quit cutting the things out of your body. No one cuts things out of their own body. They let the physician do it. It's not your job to cut your heart out. Oh, my heart, I don't know if it's working right. Get a knife and go, no, no. Get a knife and go cut it out. No, that's not what you do. That's what we do in the church. You are not biblically right with standards that I have for you. You need to line up to this, this, and this. No, no, no. Just function. Just keep functioning. Let the great physician do his best work on the people next to you. And you start doing your work. As long as you're trying to do their work, you're missing out on what you're called to do. Look, if you're the eye, stop trying to be the nose. And if you're in the nose, stop trying to be the foot. Just say, look, can I tell you this? How do we change the world? How do we change the world? 
we start functioning. What is a movement? It's you moving. It's you becoming who God's called you to be. It's us functioning. What, what were we called to do? What were we put here for? I got a picture of what the church looks like. Maybe not our church, but most churches around the world. Can you put that picture up of that man? It says, friends don't let friends skip leg days. You ever met someone like this? <laughs> if you're here, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to embarrass you. <laughs> like, you're just in the gym. And this, I, I would, you know, no one, no one likes working out their legs. But if you don't, you can look like this. This is what we've taken to the church. The 80-20 principle. 20% of the people will do 80% of the work. We're in the gym right now. So 20% of this crowd will actually answer the altar call. And so you know what this is for, man. When it was for the whole crowd. 20% of the people will actually leave this room and go, you know what? I'm going to work on me. I'm going to change me. I'm going to grow. I'm going to start functioning. Number one, what you can learn tonight is I'm going to function. I have a function. That's the good news. Your function may be simple, but it doesn't mean it's not powerful. All the heart does is beat. He's the drummer. But if the heart stops beating, we're in trouble. You know how Lazarus changed the world? He didn't preach. He didn't sing. When they rose him from the dead, you know what he did? Everyone's like, wow. He's breathing. Yeah, he was the mouth. You know how the blind man changed the world? I can see. I can see. How do we change the world? We just start functioning in the areas that God heals us. But you don't have the option, liver, heart, bone marrow. You don't have the option of hiding in the body and going, I'm not going to get well. Because when one is sick, all are sick. This is why people don't want Jesus. Why? Because he's the head. People like Jesus. He looks nice, but your body. <laughs> you ever met someone that had a beautiful face, but they need to work on that body? This is how Jesus, you got a beautiful face. Delicate eyes. <laughs> the conviction is running strong in our hearts. Both to you mean people, to the people that need to get with Rich on CrossFit, right? But this is how the world sees Jesus. He's beautiful. But his body is like out of shape, out of whack. Look, we don't look like the bride of Christ. We look like the bride of Frankenstein, right? The bride is another thing God calls this body. What happens when the bride enters a room? Dun, 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 dun. Everyone stands up. You know them, the bride. I always miss it. People always catch it before me. I'm like, oh, man, I missed it. Okay, turn around. Try. People are trying to take pictures. They're trying to see her. The groom is in a rented tux. <laughs> Hopefully the marriage lasts longer than the tux, right? I mean, just, it's a rented tux. He borrowed that thing. People are going to pay extra just to rent the tux, but the bride buys her dress. This is a special day. She's got her hair did. She's got extra eyelashes on. I mean, this is a good day, right? Yeah. Even someone who doesn't all the way look the most prettiest 
normally can look amazing. Like, you're like, wow. Is that the same girl? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't stand by you. You're, too, you're making me too goofy. But what happens? The bride walks in. Everybody turns. And they look at the bride. She goes, yep. This is my day. You check this, check this hair out. It's looking good. I got some sparkles. No one even cares about the groom. They're like, is she even going to get to him? Come over here. And everyone is there for the union and the beauty of the day. You know what's crazy is watching the love for the bride with the groom actually causes love to spark in the room. I love going to weddings with my wife because we make out all the way home. Too much information? Right? It's like the bachelor on steroids, man. It's like, this is good. We're in love all over again. Remember that time when we said, I do? Yes, I do, baby. I'll say, I do tonight. Put a ring on it. Come on. Right? All the married men know what I'm talking about. But there's like love that sparks out in the room. Everyone's in love, you know? Because there is love between the two. And Jesus is the groom. He's... He had, a, he had a borrowed womb, borrowed tomb, didn't rent it long because really he just wanted to get connected, get hooked up with you. And he's waiting for the bride to come in. The world is in the chairs. And they're watching us. And here we come in and we take off the thing and we got one eye. We got that big gap in all of our teeth. One tooth left. It's green, gangrene. We ain't wearing any shoes in the foot that you can see you don't want to see. We didn't shave that big hairy toe. And the world's going, I see Jesus. I don't know about that chick. <laughs> That's what the world sees us as. Why? Because we're still, we haven't taken care of ourselves. We don't prepare for this. Like, we're not a part of this. Like, you're a part of your healing. Did you know that? You're a part of your transformation. You got to say yes. Earlier I read about Joshua. Can you imagine if Joshua just sat down outside the wall and was like, we're going to try to calculate this out because God gave me this crazy plan of redemption. And it's just too silly. It's like singing. And I don't think that's a good idea. The priest is going to blow the trumpet. We're going to shout. That's not, that doesn't sound like it would work. So let's just get down and let's plan how we're going to take out the wall because I don't know if this is going to work. This is what we do as Christians. We want healing and it is so simple. It's just keep saying yes to Jesus. He will wash you. He will clean you. He's the groom. He's not, he's not some one-night stand that ended up at the wedding. He loves you and I, and he wants you to be beautiful. God is coming back for a beautiful bride, not an ugly bride. He's coming back for a beautiful bride. What do you mean ugly? Not physically ugly. We're ugly with each other. We hate on each other. Why do we do that? Stop. Let's actually love each other. And some of you are like, man, I wish someone would love me. No, no, you start the party. Quit waiting on everybody else. They're not coming, baby. You gotta start the fire. How, who has ever said no to love? Just start it. Start the party out. Just start loving people unconditionally. Start functioning. I'm not waiting for the heart to function. I'm gonna start functioning. And as I start functioning, Holy Spirit, great physician, I'm going to put the heart in your place. I'm going to put the liver in your place. I'm going to put all the other parts. You do the resurrection. 
from the dead. And I'm going to start functioning. If I'm the elbow, I'm going to shake this thing until I break the rest of this body loose. I'm starting to dance. I don't know if you guys are going to dance with me, but I'm going to I'm going to start the dance. I'm going to start the party called love. I'm going to start. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.